All right, we're going to look at uh, a scripture out of the book of Joshua. We're starting a series which really chronicles the movement of the people of God into the promised land in the Old Testament and also chronicles the leadership of Joshua. And you've got message notes uh, in terms of the scripture. I want to encourage you just to read with me verses 3 through 5 of Joshua chapter 3. You'll see it in your bulletin. Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan, where they camped before crossing over. And after three days, the officers went through the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priest carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go, since you have never been this way before. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the ark. Do not go near it. Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Consecrate yourself, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for the power of story and how your Holy Spirit can use stories from the Old Testament to reveal truth for us today. And so, Lord, I just ask that you would anoint this time with your Holy Spirit and use this story as it relates to our story. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Well, I knew she was the one. I found her very attractive, cute, still do. She was committed as a follower of Jesus, still is. She had a call on her life early on to be in ministry, still does. And so I knew that that moment was drawing near, and sure enough, that moment to pop the big question came. And so I wanted to do it up right. And so I took her to this larger city near where the seminary was, and we went and ate in this awesome restaurant above a high-rise, and, and the restaurant actually rotated, and it made a, a complete circle within one hour, so you could see the cityscape, all of it, as you ate your meal. It was awesome. Oh, it was romantic. And, and so I had this plan, and I said, uh, I'll be right back. I told her I'd be right back. She's on the front row now, but she was at the table then. And I, and I said, hey, uh, I've got to use the restroom. I lied. And so I went over to the host, uh, the fella, and uh, he had served us water. And I said, look, I, I want to make this night special, and I'm going to ask this girl to marry me. She's sitting at the table. You sat us down. He said, yeah, I remember you. I said, here's the ring. I want you to bring it out at dessert time, and I want you to say the gentleman that is sitting next to you has ordered this for you for dessert. I, I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> you, you may not think, you may think it's corny, but it worked for me. So, <laughs> so, I give him the ring, we eat, it's time for dessert, and he's to bring it out on this really nice piece of china covered in a linen napkin. And so, I said, are you thinking about dessert? And she said, well, I don't know. I'm kind of full. And I said, well, 
I think I'm going to have some. And so I looked for the guy, and I looked for the guy, and I waited. We're in Joshua. And, um, and uh, what we've got here is the conclusion of 40 years of wandering. You'll remember the, the um, people of God missed an opportunity. Uh, they had the opportunity to enter into the promised land. And so they sent out a reconnaissance mission. Two came back, Joshua and Caleb, saying, we can take this land. But 10, the majority report, won out. And so Moses and the people of Israel ended up, a whole generation, wandered, circular, moving around the desert, the wilderness. And so God has said to Joshua, said to Joshua, your time has come. And Moses kind of passed that mantle. Joshua was the prodigy. He was the mentor, E. He was the one who watched Moses for so long, and now it's his time. And, and what we find from him is that he has a legacy of faith. He was one of the two that came back and said, hey, we can take this land, but the majority went out. He was the one when Moses was up uh, above a battle, and he had to have his arms raised. Uh, Aaron and her held up the arms, but Joshua was in the theater of battle down below, so he was no stranger to war. And so now they are in Shittim, uh, a community not far from the Jordan, and God has said, I, I want you to cross the Jordan, and I'm going to set the stage for that. And, and so he sent two spies, and they came back, just two this time, they came back with favorable reports and said, it's, it's awesome. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. That, that sounds sticky to us. But hey, to them it was important. And so they come back with this report. And a word comes from Joshua. Let's get ready. But they had obstacles. I mean, they, they moved right up to the edge of the river. They could stand on the banks of the Jordan and they could see the promised land. Always before, it had been a remote promise, but now it was on the cusp of being a reality. What was that like? It must have been awesome. I mean, all along, they had talked about this. They had reminded themselves of God's covenant, but they had these challenges. Do you come in today standing on the banks is it time for you to cross over? I mean, think about it. mass of humanity. Historians tell us there were two, millions, uh, two million Jews that had moved from Shittim to the edge of the Jordan. And so he's thinking logistically, how am I going to get these folks over? The other is, the scripture tells us that they had never been this way before. God says, look, follow in behind the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, don't get too close, but don't go too far away from it, keep it in your sights, since you've never been this way before. Maybe you've been in a situation recently where it's uncharted territory. It's new territory for you. And the Jordan was at flood stage. The river, why would God ask the people of Israel to cross over the Jordan when it was at flood stage? I mean, the snow had melted off of Mount Hermon. 
the water level was up. Maybe in your own life, you, you felt like God is calling you, but he's calling you when things seem to be at flood stage, when things seem to be overwhelming. And, and so today, what is it for you? Maybe you're a middle-aged person and you're thinking, you know, I feel like I want to go to college, but is that too, too wide of a river to cross? Can I go back to school? Is my brain going to allow me to handle that? Or, or, or maybe you're going to be asked about a leadership position in the church, or you have been, and you're, you're thinking, that's really going to stretch me. I mean, I've never, I've never done anything like this before. This is territory I've never been through. Maybe God's calling you to do something special with your life, to set you apart in full-time Christian service. Or maybe you just kind of walked nominally in your, in your faith. I mean, you've been a good person, and you've been a part of the church, and you had your kids baptized, but maybe, maybe the river for you is that moment where you say, God, I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm not just going to play church. I'm just not going to go through the motions of, of being a follower of Jesus. I'm going to really follow after you. Could that be your Jordan? Well, crossing over requires a couple of things, and I want to cover that today real quickly. One is readying yourself spiritually. In your scripture, you'll see where it says, consecrate yourself, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. And so there's an equation with that. Consecrate yourselves, for God is going to do some awesome things through you. Well, what did it mean to consecrate? That simply means to dedicate, to devote to really commit oneself. And one of the ways a Jewish person would do this is they would purify themselves through bathing and they would clean their clothing and they would refrain from any uh, intimate relational behavior and they would confess their sins and, and they would get into a mindset of following after God, setting themselves apart. What does that do for one? It makes our faith alert. It makes us ready. You remember the movie, Remember the Titans, several years ago. Denzel Washington plays an African-American coach, a black coach, in a setting that's gone through a lot of turmoil in 1971. Alexandra, Virginia has now moved into integration, forced integration, and so uh, the demographics have changed in the high schools, and it's a real test of how the football programs can run and do and coexist. And, and so we have a scene here where there's an African-American head coach. Sunshine is the black quarterback. He's, a, he's very effective. The backup quarterback is Ronnie Bass. And, and he's a white guy, and he's not good at pitching the ball out, but he can throw it downfield. And so a moment comes from him, for him. Uh, will he be ready? Listen to this dialogue. We're going to watch it.
audible. Rev, I swear to God, I audible. I didn't hear it. All right, fellas, coming through. Swear to God. Let's take a look at that, son. Well, he broke a bone in the wrist. He won't be throwing any more this season. You got one minute, Coach. Take the other town out, Coach. Ronnie Bass! Coach, Rev's going back in, man. Not a quarterback. I can make that pitch, Coach. Yes, you can. When I was 15 years old, I lost my mother and my father in the same month, Ronnie. Same month. Twelve brothers and sisters, I was the youngest one, but they were all looking up to me. Now, I wasn't ready yet either, but they needed me. Your team needs you tonight. You're the colonel. You're going to command your troops tonight. You understand? Twins right, 48-0 read. Let's go. Let's go. What's the matter? Haven't you ever seen a football injury before, you wimps? Let's go. Show some life in those legs. I got it. It's going to be all right. But you released this time. Louis, let him through, all right? What? Just let him through. Trust me. You had 12 brothers and sisters? Eight. Yeah, 12 sounds bad. So for the Israelites, this was their moment. They were on the cusp of entering into the promised land. They could see it. And, and God said, consecrate yourselves, ready yourselves, alert your faith. And I'm asking you today, is, is God having you on the, on the banks of the river? Are you looking to something else? And God's calling you to do what the Levitica, Levitical priests did. Uh, they, they stepped out in faith. Uh, one of the things that happened was that uh, the, the idea of the Ark of the Covenant, you know, Moses had the flame by night, the angel by day, and now to follow a, a box with the Ark of the Covenant representing the presence of God. And the wonderful thing for us is we have the Holy Spirit, which guides us into places that may be uncharted new territory. And so... God commands them, and he says, follow behind, ready yourself, follow behind the Ark of the Covenant, and then step forward. And it says that when the, when the priests put their feet, when they touch the water's edge, the water upstream stopped flowing. It stopped flowing seven miles away in Adam, which is a city there. And, and it was their opportunity to now cross over. And how did they do it? They did it one step at a time. And then finally, after they had crossed over, you'll find in your scripture that's posted that uh, God directed them to build a memorial of 12 stones drawn from the river by 12 men, one for each tribe. And, and God said, look, I want you to do this because I want it to be a sign that in the future when your children ask 
What do these stones mean? You can say this was a moment where God was faithful, where he saw us through, where we were able to go to the other side. You know, when it comes to our faith, it's important for us to move forward, but to look back. And they had the opportunity to remember back uh, to the Red Sea. And when God was faithful, while Pharaoh was charging after him, the sea opened up, they crossed. And with that kind of faithfulness in their memory, with that kind of faithfulness in terms of a memorial and these 12 stones, they could celebrate. Well, here comes the guy. He finally showed up. I got to tell you, I thought he had gone to the pawn shop. But he finally showed up and he said, look, uh, the gentleman, he said to Delia, the gentleman that you're with has ordered this for dessert and he uncovered the ring. And the great news for me is she said, yes. And often I'll say, thank you for saying yes. And she'll say, thank you for asking. I like it. Yeah, I like that. And you know what? I wear that which helps me to celebrate. A wedding ring. And each time we look at a ring, a wedding ring, it reminds us of a promise that was made. It reminds us of faithfulness. It reminds us that God brought us together and that there is a story to tell. And you have a story to tell as well as you cross your Jordan. Let us pray. God, we thank you for this time we've had to gather as we continue to worship. Lord, through these sacraments of bread and wine, I pray that they will be like those 12 stones, a reminder of your love, your sacrifice, and your grace. It's in the name of Christ that we pray. Amen.